0: Do you find your cravings for junk food and sugar out of control? Can you always manage to find excuses to eat junk food or sugar every day? Today on the podcast, we're taking a deep dive into the real reasons behind your junk food and sugar addictions, including tangible, holistic and gentle ways to address them without the guilt trip. Welcome to An Authentic Life, your approachable guide to the imperfect journey of self-empowerment, holistic health and genuine happiness with me, nutritional medicine practitioner Miranda Partridge. Together we'll learn more about ourselves, challenge our limiting beliefs and foster unconditional self-love with curiosity, experimentation and a dash of dork to find what it really means to live an authentic life. Hello and welcome to episode 9 of An Authentic Life. My name is Miranda and I am so grateful to have you listening today. If you can hear it in the background, it's currently raining and it's quite lovely. And I do have my dog Ziggy lying beside me shaking like a leaf uh, because the rain is very scary for him. So if you hear him banging around a bit, that's that's what's happening. (laughs) Just a little FYI. Today on the podcast I wanted to talk to you a little bit about sugar, junk food addiction, anxiety and mindset. But before we get into that, I'd really like you to take a moment to rate this podcast, share it with some friends. Follow me on Instagram at Miranda's Wellness and at An Authentic Life Podcast And take a moment to have a look at the show notes today, because in there I will have a link for my shopping list, which is a little freebie that I've created for you guys. Um, So you can get an idea of the sort of foods that myself and my family eat, Uh, because we eat quite healthy, obviously. It's one of those things that's really important to us. And the other thing is with my husband having so many allergies and myself, other than butter, I'm dairy-free and I'm gluten-free. The sort of foods that we eat are probably pretty different to most people. Um, So I just thought I would share that for you guys. Uh, Like I said, there's a link in the show notes. All you have to do is give me your email address and put your name in and you can download your copy. The other announcement that I have is my Back to Basics detox that I have mentioned in previous podcasts is still coming soon. I am just trying to figure out a date to release that. But if you would like to be the first person to find out when that is coming out, I suggest you sign up for that shopping list as well, because then I will already have your email and everyone on that list will be getting the announcement before anybody else. So let's talk about food addiction or junk food addiction, sugar addiction. Chocoholicism, ism whatever you want to call it, it all occurs in the same area of the brain as a drug addiction would. So the same neurotransmitters or brain chemicals are involved and some of the symptoms can be the same as those sort of, I guess, more serious addictions. And from my point of view, while things like gambling addictions and alcohol addictions and drug addictions can be more obviously destructive, a junk food addiction and a sugar addiction can actually be very destructive to the body. When I treat people who are feeling quite addicted to these substances, food, junk food, sugar, I'm really treating it from my holistic perspective as I always do. And I'm thinking about their mindset. I'm thinking about their self-esteem. I'm thinking about their blood sugar, their liver, their digestive system, their skin health, their immune health, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I'm thinking about all aspects of what's going on for them and where this behavior comes from in the first place because the addiction stems from a behavior. And generally addictions kind of start when we use food, sugar, junk food to help us to manage our emotions. A lot of us can be quite uncomfortable with emotions. I know I am, and I have definitely been a bit of a sugar addict in the past. At my worst, I calculated the other day and I was eating about 500 grams of sugar in a day, which is 125 teaspoons of sugar, or, you know, half a bag of sugar <laughs> if you buy kilo bags so it was a lot of sugar and that was just in the foods that I like well I wouldn't say foods the the junk that I was eating outside of my main meals because I don't exactly remember what I was eating in those main meals but eight years ago probably my worst time for sugar intake that's how much sugar I was eating and to give you an idea, our recommended intake of sugar is 24 to 36 grams a day. So six to nine teaspoons. I was easily having what, 12 times more than that in a day. And I was really, really anxious at the time as well. And I'm not at all surprised at how anxious I was now knowing what I know about sugar. And I know from my point of view, I definitely was trying to regulate my emotions with sugar. I was really anxious, like I said, and I just didn't really know what to do when I was feeling so overwhelmed or feeling bad about myself or feeling rejected or grieving. There was just, there was a lot going on that year. And so I used sugar to try and regulate my emotions If you're the sort of person who defines themselves as an emotional eater, you're usually the sort of person who will reach for, you know, sugar, carbohydrates, chocolate, when you're stressed, when you're overwhelmed and just generally don't know how to, or maybe you don't want to sit with and work through your negative feelings. Maybe you're uncomfortable with feeling sad or guilty or angry or lonely or even bored. Or maybe you simply don't know any other way to deal with those feelings. Either way, when these feelings come up, you grab, say, your block of chocolate and you absolutely go to town on that because eventually chomping away at that chocolate starts to calm you down and you feel this sense of everything's going to be okay. And just for a moment, it works. And that's why we do it because we're escaping that negative feeling that we have so much fear around by reaching for these sugary, junk foody type foods. The main neurotransmitter responsible for this response is dopamine. Dopamine is our reward hormone. It's released in the brain when you're expecting a reward, and sometimes just the anticipation of a possible reward can be enough to release dopamine, and it feels really good. And with chocolate as well, chocolate can release oxytocin, which is our love and connection hormone. So if you're feeling lonely, you're grieving, you're feeling quite depressed, that can sometimes be the reason why you're reaching for the chocolate because you get the dopamine and you get the oxytocin at the same time. So really you're just feeding an addiction to the dopamine. Because dopamine is a reward hormone, it actually gets released when we do positive things like ticking off tasks or achieving something that we never have before when we try it. like So really, if you cook yourself something that you've never cooked before and you nail it, like dopamine, hello, dopamine, and it's amazing. So there are ways that we can kind of, I guess, hack, get around that addiction by seeking The dopamine in different ways. What you really basically need to understand is that when you do something pleasurable, dopamine floods the brain and that reinforces your cravings and your desire to satisfy them in the future. So that means that the more that you're consuming the thing that you're craving, the more you need next time in order to get the same dopamine hit. So it could be a small chocolate bar that you start off with, and before you know it, you're probably eating like a family size block of chocolate in order to feel the same way. And that's what I was doing. I got to a point where I was eating like a block and a half to two blocks of family block size chocolate in a night sometimes in order to feel good. And it's that mindless chomping away of the chocolate. And I know I'm talking about chocolate in particular, obviously people can be addicted to other things, but chocolate seems to be the most common one from my clinical experience and, you know, my own personal experience. But, yeah, it's that mindless just chomping, chomping away in order to sort of feel that feeling. The other thing about sugar is, especially fructose, there isn't an off switch in our bodies to tell us when we're full. So that kind of came from when we evolved into human beings and back in the day finding fruit was really a rare thing. So we probably wouldn't have even eaten one to two serves of fruit a day. Like I usually try to recommend, we'd probably eat it only in summer or, you know, only when we come across a berry bush or something. And then you just can kind of consume as much of this sugar as you want without an off switch, which is great because then you would store that energy as fat For those times of scarcity when you might go a week or even two weeks without food. That way your body has some energy stored so that in those times of scarcity you still have the energy to keep going without breaking down your muscle tissue, which is, you know, ideal. And that's the reason why we store fat is so that we can have that energy for later. For protein and fat, we have a hormone called leptin, which tells the brain, okay, we don't need to eat anymore, I'm full, stop but that doesn't exist for sugar. So between that dopamine hit that you're after and that lack of an off switch, it can be really hard to stop eating. So if you're the sort of person who is like, I'll just buy this packet of Tim Tams and I'll eat it throughout the week. And then two days later, the packet is gone. That's the reason why. It's not because you're lazy. It's not because you're a useless human being. It's because there's a lot of hormones that you're up against. So I want you to understand that so that you can start to change your mindset a little bit. When we have an addiction, when we're an emotional eater, a lot of the times we're blaming and shaming ourselves and that just sets us up to feel crappy again later, right? Because this is the thing, you feel anxious, so you eat sugar or junk food and then you feel good for a moment and then all of that overwhelm and the guilt and the shame and the negative self-talk, comes up and it builds and builds and builds and builds and then you're reaching for that sugar or that junk food again and then it all just happens again and again it's like a catch-22 that's what I like to call it because it really is like well I need the sugar to regulate my feelings but when I have the sugar my anxiety gets worse so I reach for sugar again but then I feel like crap and my anxiety gets worse and you see it's this cycle it just goes round and around and around and around And the next thing you know, you're just eating crazy amounts of crap. And part of that thing is, you know, because you're feeling ashamed of yourself and you're feeling guilty and you're feeling like all of the negative self-beliefs that you have about yourself are true, you start to do things like hide the food that you're eating from other people. This might be a housemate that you're hiding it from. It might be your partner. You might find that you will make sure that you're buying other things and just buy that little treat on the side in one purchase so that, you know, your partner, for example, doesn't realize that you're spending money on that crap. Or maybe you make sure that you pay for it in cash. So it's untraceable. Maybe you put it in a specific place in the house that nobody else knows about and eat it in secret. Maybe you stash the wrappers somewhere. A lot of secretive behaviors start to come up when you've got this food addiction because you're embarrassed. Not only does this sugar and junk food make you feel like crap, you know that it's not contributing to your health in a good way and you don't really have any tools in order to stop that cycle. So instead, you just blame yourself and think that there's something wrong with you as to why you are doing this. Now, maybe the reason why you go for sugar isn't an emotional eating thing, and that's okay. Some people eat sugar because they're exhausted, and some people eat sugar because they just feel like they have no creativity about what to eat, and it just seems easier. Or junk food as well, definitely. If you're exhausted and you're time poor, and it just seems easier, that can definitely be a reason to start on that cycle. But Again, like a lot of the times that can just be a starting point and eventually you become reliant on sugar to help you to manage the way that you feel. What is my perspective on sugar? I definitely think that most of us eat way too much sugar. I definitely did. And it wasn't until maybe a year ago that I properly got a handle on my sugar intake. It's certainly has been less and less over the years, much less than it was that eight years ago when I was really just so anxious, what was it, 2012. At my worst, probably during my pregnancy, maybe I was having 100 grams of sugar in a day, I think, that's just a guess. I still have sugar in my diet, but it's usually in the form of fruit and coconut yogurt and coconut milk. And every now and then I might have an actual sugary food like a Nodo donut or a carob bear. But most of the time, if I'm eating sugar, it's a natural sauce and it's like one to three serves of fruit a day. If I'm eating a sweet treat, I usually go for my favorite peanut butter cups, which are keto, so they have no sugar in them. Or like I said, carob bear, because they have only got half a teaspoon of sugar in them. Now, because my sugar in my diet is so minimal, when I eat a sugary thing, I usually can't finish it or I can have just a small amount and I'm satisfied with that. I know that when my stress is building up and I'm not really looking after myself, that's when my sugar starts to creep back into my diet. But that is years of, of working on this stuff and honing in on it. But I guess what I'm trying to say is when I say that I'm working on this stuff, I'm not just working on what I'm eating. I'm working on my mindset around what I'm eating and around the other parts of of how I'm feeling. Okay, so let's talk strategy because you and I both know that's the main reason that you're here. So first of all, I want to say, if you're going to make any changes, don't make any drastic changes to your diet without working on your mindset. If you try to make drastic changes to your diet, maybe that's calorie counting or going keto or intermittent fasting without actually addressing your mindset, then really, if you do manage to stick to whichever dietary change you are choosing, then most of the time you are just replacing one controlling behavior with another. Because even though you may feel like you are out of control when you're eating your junk food, really it's just a way for you to control how you feel, or how much of your emotions you actually feel. See a psychologist if you really feel like you need it. If all of this is very overwhelming, it's really important to work with someone who can talk you through your pain and your trauma and give you tangible strategies that will actually work for you on an individual basis. And if you feel like you're seeing a psychologist or a counsellor and you're not really getting that tangible advice, ask for it. If you feel like you're not really gelling with them, find another psychologist or ask them if they have a colleague that you might be better suited to. But even if you are seeing a psychologist, there are a myriad of different strategies that you can use to work on your mindset. One of my favorite techniques for working on my mindset is journaling. Now you can journal however you like. When I journal, I do it differently most days, so some days I might decide to think about what I'm grateful for and other times I might just write down whatever is stressing me out at that time. And obviously when it comes to these times when stress is going to cause me to want to eat junk food or sugar, then being able to actually reflect on my stress is really important. But when I write down what is stressing me out, I don't just go, well, this person's horrible and this is crap and stuff this and I hate life. I actually try to dig into my feelings more and try to establish where they're coming from because that way I can start to reflect on what's really going on in my mind. Obviously this does take a bit of time and there are heaps of resources out there so that you can better understand this, but that's kind of the way that I journal. Another way that I journal is I'll actually do myself a tarot reading and I have the Jericho Mandy Burr tarot cards and I will just pick out three cards or one card. Um, and very rarely if I have like a spare hour, I might do a 10 card reading for myself. But I love these cards because I just feel they give me insights and a different perspective into what's going on in my world, in my mind. Uh, that I wouldn't usually come up with on my own and it's really good because that way I don't necessarily have to talk to someone about how I'm feeling and I don't have to relive the experience um, of what I'm feeling I can just get these prompts from my cards and spend that time reflecting so I might write down some key words or phrases from whatever cards have come up and you know if, if cards fall out then they are added to my reading but generally I'd say it's about three cards that I do. And that really just helps to center me a little bit more. And I really feel grounded when I do that. So, that's definitely a technique that works for me, and it's worth trying if you feel like you need some tools to help you reflect a little bit differently. Some other things that you can do is you can find some affirmations. So, I'm sure if you went onto Pinterest or Instagram, you could look up food addiction affirmations, and there will be something that comes up for you. Meditations are great as well because, again, you can look up specific ones for how you're feeling, what's going on with you. So, maybe you want a meditation for anxiety or stress, maybe you want one for overwhelm, or maybe you want one for food addiction. Getting a little bit more clear on why you're meditating really can give more purpose to the meditation and make it a bit more tangible for you another method I love for working on mindset is the emotional freedom technique or EFT and a friend of mine Erin Lashley has actually done a tapping specifically on food cravings she's got one for salty and one for sweet it's on her Instagram so I'm going to make sure that I put that in the show notes for you but I recommend that I also have a couple of other favorites Gala Darling and Brad Yates are wonderful they both have heaps of videos on their YouTube channels so you can just search either of them but again I'll put them in the show notes you can put in EFT or tapping for food addiction EFT or tapping for food cravings EFT or tapping for stress for insomnia whatever is going on for you and it's an again another way to work on your mindset because you know, you're tapping on different parts of your head and your face and your chest and everything while you're saying these words. But what you're doing is you're kind of saying all of the negative feelings to kind of bring them up and release them, I guess. And then you are replacing them With more beneficial thoughts, um, which you end up saying throughout there. And then at the end, it's really nice because you always say, I deeply and completely love, accept, and forgive myself, which I think is something that we all need to be saying on the daily. I know for me, I really have trouble forgiving myself once I started putting that into practice and actually forgiving myself, which it really made a huge difference for my mental well being. The other part of this mindset that I really want to talk to you about is. The purpose of why you are doing this. Now, a lot of us will be coming from this mindset of I want to lose weight. I want to look however it is that you want to look. And I understand that, but it's really hard to stick to goals like, for example, quitting sugar or getting over your junk food addiction when your goals are really superficial. And that's not to say that you're a superficial person. It's to say that there's a part of you that was hurt by someone. And because of that part of you that is hurt, you live in fear and crave acceptance And some part of your brain has basically told you that in order to be loved and accepted, you need to look a certain way. And it's not true. You are worthy of love and acceptance exactly the way that you are. And you do not need to change yourself in order to be loved and accepted. Sure, we all have our faults and there's parts of ourselves that we would love to improve on an emotional level, on a personality level. And, you know, things like acne can be annoying and being overweight can be quite frustrating and humiliating for some people. But that does not mean that you are any less worthy of love and acceptance than someone who is fit or strong or skinny or or whatever word it is in your mind that you believe that you need to be. And perhaps you don't feel that it is this desire to be loved and accepted, but I really think if you're not too sure, if that doesn't connect with you, just really sit down and journal about why it is you feel you need to lose weight. And it can be really difficult sometimes to really realise the link. And it's not like you're going to sit down for 10 minutes at the end of today Journal about this, and all of your problems will be solved. It might take months, it might take weeks, it might just take days of really sitting with this feeling and digging into it to try and understand why it is you feel that losing weight is so very important to you. And it might be uncomfortable, and there might be some emotions there that you don't feel very comfortable to dig into. And again, that's when it's really good to go and see a psychologist. But you are already perfect, you are already beautiful and if someone is only going to love you when you look a certain way, then that's not really love. And I'm sure that if you stopped and looked around, there would be plenty of people in your life who love and accept you exactly the way that you are right now. Those are the people that you want to concentrate on. You don't want to be trying to impress somebody else by how you look. After all, my perspective on health is honestly, I'm doing this so that I can have a long life. I know that I have wasted a lot of my life worrying about what other people think about me. And it has caused me to be this little ball of fear. And while there are plenty of times in my life where I've done brave things like moved two states away and moved hours away from my mom before that and ran away from home when I was 17 and all sorts of different things. I really have wasted so much of my life already worrying about what other people think about me. I already regret so much of the time that I spent doing that, which is why I now concentrate on the longevity of my life. I want to have a nice long life full of adventure with the people that I love, the people that make me happy and the people that light me up. And I really want you to want that for you too. So When I think about health, when I think about sugar, when I think about junk food, I'm thinking about the effects on your long-term health. I'm thinking about the inflammation that those foods cause in your body. I'm thinking about your gut function and the follow-on effects of having poor gut function, whether that be more anxiety or depression, whether that be low immune function, more inflammation in the body, or even just increased pain. Because as we get older, we sustain more injuries and we are more prone to things like arthritis. So really, we want to be pain-free or at least as mobile as we possibly can be. And I can tell you right now, sugar and junk food, they're making your pain worse. They're making literally any symptom, any condition that you have in your body worse. My second step for this is to monitor your sugar intake without judgment. So you might want to do this on a piece of paper or a book. You might want to do it on an app. There's um, MyFitnessPal or Easy Diet Diary. And you just want to write down what you're eating and how much and calculating how much sugar you're eating. It's best if you do it in a diet diary um, rather than just writing down the amounts in a list because then you can see where most of the sugar is coming from and then that gives you an idea of what needs to be changed First, because it's the most sugar content in what you're eating. I really urge you to ignore any other measurement on these apps or even on if you're doing it on paper and then just Googling it and using the Calorie King website. Honestly, please just ignore all of the noise that is there. Don't look at the fat. Don't look at the calories or kilojoules. Don't look at anything else. Just look at the sugar content. Because that's really all that matters for this particular dietary change activity, whatever you want to call it. Once you've got your total for the day, divide it by four, and you'll have the amount of teaspoons of sugar you're having in a day. Now, you want to have six to nine teaspoons of sugar maximum, which is 24 to 36 grams of sugar. Now, like I said, when I was eating sugar, I was having 500 grams a day, which is, I think it was 126 teaspoons a day, which is just way too much. But when I'm figuring that out, I'm not sitting there going, oh my God, how embarrassing, what a loser, how useless, how lazy, how stupid. No, I'm not doing that. I actually look at my past self with empathy because she only knew what she knew. And at that time, it was not as much as what I currently know. God knows it was eight years ago, but you only know what you currently know right now. No amount of shaming yourself is going to make you know more. The reality is, there's a part of you that is very likely hurt and that you weren't taught how to help yourself with that pain. So, eating sugar, eating junk food is the way that you tried to deal with your pain. And I mean, it's gotten you this far. And that's great. You're here listening to this podcast, which is a huge difference. Imagine a week ago you weren't listening to this particular episode. If you're sitting here and you're ready to make a change in a way that isn't an an all or nothing ideal perfection of a change, but I'm just going to do my best and see how it goes sort of a change, then that's what's really important. If you are having crazy amounts of sugar, like I was, then identify what the biggest sources of sugar are in your diet and just say to yourself for two weeks just for two weeks i'm going to cut that out and i'm going to see how i feel or you could make it six weeks if you want or 12 weeks just start with a goal that feels like a challenge but doesn't feel like oh dear god what am i in for sort of a time Four weeks might be good for you. It totally depends. Some people like to do sugar-free September, um, so start that on the first of September if you like. But find that happy medium of a challenge, but not an overwhelming change, and stick to it. And in that time, you don't buy any of your usual stuff. So spend a week perhaps figuring out foods you might like to make or have on hand instead to eat instead of those particular foods. It's also really important that if you live with other people you try to get them on board as well. It can be hard if you've got kids and they already eat quite a lot of sugar but to be honest it's probably a good thing for them to be having a break from sugar anyway. It just might be a bit difficult for you if you're eating quite a lot of sugar and you're not used to being without, but at least if you can get your partner or your housemate or your best friend on board, then you have an accountability buddy. And when you have an accountability buddy and you're actually going to be accountable to one another. So if one person says, Oh, come on, let's just, let's go out for ice cream or Oh, I can't be bothered tonight or, oh, we've been good. Let's just come on. We'll just sneak a bit of chocolate. If your accountability buddy's saying that. You say, no, we made a commitment to each other. And I really want to see this through. And if you can't be on board with this, it's going to make it really hard for me. But I also just want to see you be able to do this too. And be encouraging. Don't be judgmental. Don't make them feel that crap for their comments or their choices. And if they do slip up, Make sure you are very supportive, not shaming, because I'm sure you don't want somebody to shame you when you have made a choice like that because you're already shaming yourself. So if they're shaming you, they're kind of reinforcing what you're already saying about yourself. And I know you don't want that (laughs) because that just makes it feel worse. Treat your accountability buddy the way that you wish somebody would treat you. And hopefully, your accountability buddy will do the same thing and together you can get through it. But it is a real team effort if you are going to get somebody else on board. And it is really important to be gentle and kind to yourself. That brings me to tip number three, which is about patience and empathy and being kind and gentle with yourself. One of the things about addictions, like I said, is that it's this way for you to control your emotions, right? If you do something like this, try to take these foods out of your diet for a set period, it's really important to be kind and gentle with yourself. And that is not the same as being complacent. It's understanding that you might not get this perfect and that is totally okay. If you have a stumbling block, it is not the end of the world and there is no reason to throw in the towel and just go the whole hog and have a huge blowout. If you stumble, you go out for KFC for lunch because you just keep feeling like it's. I just need it or I can't think of anything else to eat or I just really want it or I'm having a shitty day or whatever it is that you're telling yourself, make sure once you're starting to hit that shame spiral, try to catch yourself and go, hang on a second. It's okay, I just stuffed up. I went against what I said that I was going to and that is okay. I'm a human being. I'm allowed to make mistakes. I still have the rest of the day ahead of me or I still have tomorrow. And from there you make some positive changes. So that might be grab a bottle of water and drink a liter of water over the next half hour. It might be to make yourself a herbal tea. I find especially if I've had a lot of sugar or caffeine, Tulsi or holy basil tea is really good. It's just got this calming way of diffusing that frantic energy and it's quite grounding, but it doesn't make you drowsy. So you can kind of have it at any time of the day. If it was lunchtime that you had takeaway or afternoon tea that you went out and I don't know, got a packet of Tim Tams that for dinner, you have a healthy meal, a nice high fat, high protein, vegetable filled meal. So You know, that could be a lamb chop with steamed veggies. It could be crispy skins, salmon with stir fried vegetables. As long as when you're making the choice for the next meal, you balance yourself out and tread very gently with yourself. Because at the moment you are changing habits that have been ingrained in you, possibly for over a decade. That's a really, really long time. So it's going to take time for you to... Change those neural pathways, but you can get there. All right, so number four, we're going to go for some actual food tips and tricks from me. I'm a bit of a chocolate person, (laughs) but I'll give you a few of my favorite recommendations for foods to eat especially if you're the sort of person that's like I'm getting my period I need chocolate if you're like intensely craving things at specific times or you're having a particular stressful time and you just need something I think it is good to use the replacements that exist as a stepping stone and eventually you'll get to a place where you likely won't need them or you can you know make some of the weird concoctions i'm going to say at the end um and have those instead but it's much better to try these things that are better than to push yourself with going without and end up binging on whatever it is right that's obviously the thing we want to avoid so Chocolate. One of my favourite things at the moment is the Hero Cup peanut butter cups, the dark chocolate ones. So they're ketogenic, uh, which means that they're sugar free. But I think they're quite delicious, personally. I've had some other keto chocolates that are a bit too sweet for me, but because this is dark chocolate and it's got the salty peanut butter, it's a great mix. Another thing I love to eat is the vegan banjo bears. So that's by the Carob Kitchen. All of these will be in the show notes, by the way. They have. I think it's 2.3 grams of sugar per bear, which is half the sugar of a Freddo frog. So if you're a Freddo frog person, this is a good thing to have. It doesn't taste the same as chocolate. It's carob, but it's also got no sugar in it because it's naturally sweet from the carob. So it's got minimal ingredients in it as well. You can get the dairy ones, but I, I just suggest the dairy-free ones. I think they taste better anyway. I sometimes like to get raw chocolate. At the moment, um, if I'm gonna do that, there's, I think, I don't know if they call them Love juice anymore, but The Loving Earth. They have a single serve. It's a sh- shaped like a love heart. It's in a little rectangular packet. And I really like the mint flavor of that also the salted caramel really good. They're not sugar free, but they have less sugar in them and they are natural sweetened. So it could be coconut nectar from the top of my head, but I find that they're quite a a nice thing to have as a replacement. If you're really new to this and dark chocolate is just too much for you, I think raw chocolate can be a really good way to go. Um, Getting raw treats can be good as well, but they can be quite high sugar because they usually have a lot of dates in them and maple syrup and things like that. So be mindful of that. But even if it is a step down from the sugar that you're currently eating, they can be really good. So you can get them at health food shops, usually in the fridge section, or there's things like panna chocolate which you can now get in the supermarket loving earth like i said but go into your local health food shop and have a look around or if you don't have one local to you have a look online there's plenty available there is one that i can't off the top of my head remember and they are quite expensive because they're quite bougie and amazing, some of them have rose petals, and just amazing, delicious ingredients. Um, I can't remember what they're called, but I'll put anything that I can't remember in my show notes as well. So that you can have access to those and know what to look for. The other thing that I get if I'm really craving chocolate and those things aren't quite right is I will get the lint dark chocolate between 85 and sometimes the 95% cacao ones. They're really, really low in sugar, but really intensely chocolatey. So in those times where, for example, if I was premenstrual, I would have the dark chocolate and it just hits the spot or if I'm having a particularly frantic day I'll have a couple of squares of the dark chocolate I also really like it because I can clearly eat a little bit more and have less sugar it's pretty awesome but they are a good option and they're usually on special in the supermarket I find whenever I want them which is awesome but like I said you can get it at the supermarket so that can be really good for some people if energy drinks and soft drinks are your thing, then you're probably best to go for a kombucha. And there's so many in the supermarket now that are great, but my favorite is the Lobros Cola. I like a few of the Lobros flavors. I like a few of the Remedy kombucha flavors and there's a lot of kombuchas out there, but the Cola is probably my favorite. It's really, really good. I've had other Cola kombuchas and they're nowhere near as good as the Lobos one. When I'm craving burgers, I make them myself. I use a recipe for the low carb super bun, which is the same sort of thing that they have at Grilled, if you've ever been to Grilled, because it's gluten-free and it's dairy-free. But then I can make my own burger and put whatever I want on it. So I'll usually go for a slice of pineapple and maybe some grated beetroot, grated carrot, some lettuce from the garden, Um, I usually have a homemade relish or some sort of spicy sauce. Sometimes I have some homemade mayo in the fridge or even some cashew cheese and I put all of that on my burger and make it really, really big, cut it in half with a knife and I eat it. And of course, I also make like sweet potato fries or potato fries on the side, which I just cook in the oven. And if you put them in the oven before you start making everything else, then they will be ready on time, miraculously. If I'm out and I'm craving Black like KFC because I used to eat a lot of KFC. I haven't eaten it and I don't know how many years because can't anymore. Again, can't. When, when you can't eat gluten and dairy, it makes it really easy to just say, well, can't eat that. <laughs> but when I'm craving those things, I actually go to the supermarket and get a barbecue chicken because I'm a big fan of a barbecue chicken. I think they're great. And you know, they are in plastic, which isn't my favorite. And I can't get organic, but I can get free range. You know, you pick your battles sometimes. So if you're a KFC person, I highly recommend barbecue chicken. What's wrong with a barbecue chicken? And usually you'll get that barbecue chicken and it will actually feed you for several meals or you and your family for a couple of meals. So I like to do that. But most of the time, whenever I'm craving takeaway, which isn't much anymore, honestly, I make my own version. So, I will Google it with the word paleo in front. And usually there's a version that's Miranda friendly, <laughs> Blurra friendly, we call it, because my husband Blake has so many allergies and I have two intolerances. Lake and Mirrors Blirr. And as for homemade stuff, my chocolate fat bombs, if you go onto my Instagram, I have a recipe on there. It's an IGTV, so it's a video and you get to see my cute kid. Uh, I'll put that in the show notes as well. Uh, I also usually look up the I Quit Sugar recipe for For fruit gummies, and I do the blueberry ones because, again, my husband's allergic to raspberries, so I can't do mixed berry, I can't do raspberry, and yeah, we usually just have blueberries in the freezer. So I'll usually do those, and I think that they're a really good treat for the kids. But even if you're the sort of person that always wants a lolly, they're a great thing to have instead of lollies. And basically, it's the frozen berries with some kombucha and gelatin. It's a very easy recipe. Um, As long as you've got a blender, you can do it. Also with my chocolate fat bombs recipe, if you make the chocolate without the peanut butter, you can get little patty pans and put a layer of the chocolate down, put the nut butter or peanut butter on top after it's been set in the fridge and then pour over the rest of the chocolate and set that in the fridge and you have your own peanut butter cups. It's awesome. Now, one thing that I do every morning and have done for, I don't even know how long now, probably six or seven months, is I'll have a three egg omelette for breakfast and then I have a bit of a like breakfast dessert. So I get unsweetened coconut yoghurt and I put a big, huge dollop of peanut butter, unsalted peanut butter, I'm into at the moment, and some fruit with maca powder and cacao powder. And then sometimes, if I remember, I put some hemp seeds on top and it's like a breakfast dessert and that's what I have. And it's delicious. If I'm having those really full on cravings, what I'll do is I'll literally just get some nut butter, usually peanut butter. Honestly, if you can't tell, I really like peanut butter, um, but you can get um, butter, ABC butter hazelnut butter, cashew butter, whatever you're into. And then I just mix some of that with cacao powder. And I'm sometimes might put a tiny bit of honey, or instead I will just serve it with some strawberry or something like that. And I just eat that with a spoon. It's such a great one when I'm feeling like that because of the good fats in there and a little bit of protein as well. So it really curbs the craving because it's delicious, but also it's, you know, got some components to it that are actually going to satiate my appetite. So those, those are probably my main things, but One thing is this back to basics detox that I'm going to be doing. It's a four week program. I actually go into depth with this stuff and give you replacements because it is gluten free, dairy free, sugar free, and caffeine free. So we actually delve into all of this stuff. So that's going to be starting soon. Like I said, I don't have a date yet. I've just got to figure out a few things logistically, but it will be really soon, like next month soon. I promise (laughs) it's coming out. Uh, So if you are really unsure about what to do with this sort of stuff, I really recommend you take a look at that because I am so easygoing with this and all about forgiving yourself and supporting you. It's a much better format than just cutting it all off completely without any guidance and without any support and without any help. So yeah, just a little plug for that because I know that you guys are going to get a lot out of it. I've actually run a pilot program of that. And the people who were involved have really enjoyed it and gotten a lot out of it. All right. So main takeaways here, work on your mindset, always work on your mindset. It's something you need to work on for the rest of your life, but please work on your mindset, seek the help of a psychologist journal all the time, as often as you can. Love yourself, accept yourself, forgive yourself and understand that you're human. You're not gonna get this perfect and you're not supposed to. It's okay if you stuff up as long as you keep going because you believe in yourself and you know that you deserve it because you do. And if you don't know that you deserve it, I'm telling you right now, you deserve it. Make the change about something other than weight loss. Honestly, find something else outside of this idea of what you want to look like in six months time, outside of what you want to look like in three months time, outside of what you look like right now. Think about your family history. Is there someone in your family with diabetes or is there someone in your family with dementia? Dementia is actually known as type 3 diabetes because it is made worse by sugar consumption. So if you don't want to have dementia as an older person, it's a really good reason to make sure that you're reducing your intake to sugar right now. And do the math, sit down, do the math, do it without judgment, but do the math so that you can actually have a tangible idea of how much you are consuming and how much you would like to be consuming, which is the six to nine teaspoons, because it gives you a goal. It's still showing you that yes, you can eat some sugar, you don't have to cut it all out. It's not going carb-free. You can still have some sugar, but the amount that you're having right now is probably not ideal for your body. Probably not ideal for anyone's body, but right now it's not ideal for you. And you can probably sit down and journal about all the reasons why sugar's not the most beneficial thing for you. But keep it simple. Believe in yourself because you can do this. And you're worth doing this for. Once you've picked how long you're going to do this for and you've stuck to it, then you can see if you want to introduce some sugar back into your diet or some takeaway back into your diet and see how you feel. Pay real attention to the symptoms. Maybe you get migraines, maybe you get bloated, maybe you just generally feel sick or tired, whatever it is, pay attention because that's your body telling you that this is not right for you. And that can make it easier to then go, okay, I've had a bit too much. Let's rein it in a little bit and gently go back to the way that you were eating without the sugar. All right, so don't forget that I've got so much in the show notes for you this week. I know this was a big topic. It was a lot to cover. And next time I have a solo episode, I'm gonna be talking a little bit more about weight loss and weight management. But from my perspective, But I really do hope that you got a lot out of this. And please remember that reviews of this podcast mean a lot. It means that this podcast lands on more ears. And I really do want that to happen. The entire reason why I'm doing this is to help you and to help as many people as I possibly can. Like this information is free. It takes me a lot of time to put together and to edit. I'm doing it all on my own. I don't have a team. It's all me. So if I can get this podcast heard more and possibly onto the podcast charts and as you can probably imagine, I actually want this to be a successful thing that I'm doing. If you can't do that, that's all right. But I'd really appreciate you sharing it with somebody who you think might want to hear it or might need to hear it right now. And if you've already done that, I really, really appreciate it. Until next time, thank you so much for listening. And if you do have any questions, don't forget that you can always email me at outlook.com. If you liked this podcast, please share it with someone you love. Take a screenshot and put it in your stories or review and rate the podcast on iTunes to help new listeners find it. You can follow me at Miranda's Wellness or at an Authentic Life podcast on Instagram and work with me at www.mirandaswellness.com.au. The information, views and opinions expressed in this podcast should not be treated as a substitute for nutritional, medical or other advice by a qualified professional. Guests in this podcast express their own opinions, experiences and conclusions and nothing in this podcast should be used to diagnose, treat, cure or prevent any medical condition. Neither Miranda Partridge or any sponsor endorse any views, opinions or conclusions expressed or shared in this podcast.